0: Oh yeah, faster LSU I say it, they ain't ready for the LSU, no they ain't
1: ready for the LSU, huh? They ain't ready for the LSU, no they ain't ready for the
0: LSU What's up everybody, welcome back to the Tigers Avenue Podcast Episode number 14, right off the cusp of the Natty Oh no no Dog pound, go dogs. Georgia Bulldogs get the big, big monkey off their back. 41 years without a we national title. Elephant off their back. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Elephant off their back. And they defeat Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide. It's always a wonderful, wonderful day when the Crimson Tide loses. And it's so much sweeter when they lose in the national championship. And Nick Saban had not lost to any of his former assistants. And in one season, he failed to beat two of them. He now has two losses against his former coaches, and he lost the national championship in one of those games. Uh, I can't tell you how happy I am that the Bulldogs have won this. Um. It would have been dreadful to watch another Alabama victory, eight national championships for Nick Saban, seven at Alabama. But the dogs get it done, and it was so sweet. It was so, so sweet. And if you can't tell, I'm a little bit hoarse from cheering for Bama to lose. <laughs> it was an interesting game, and it came down to a pick six from the Heisman quarterback to Kylie Ringo, and he took it to the house. Zach, give me your initial thoughts right here off the game. Um, what, do you, what, do you, what did you see? What did you like to see? Give us your thoughts.
1: So I mainly watched the second half. I was work, at work and got home and got to watch the last five minutes or so of the first half, and then it went to halftime. Seemed like Bama really had the momentum uh, going into halftime and really coming out of halftime, especially when they had that quote-unquote fumble recovery that uh, led to a touchdown. It seemed like Bama was going to win the national championship at that point, but when uh, the Bulldogs went back on – Offense, you could just tell that Georgia's offensive line was dominating Bama's defensive line. And it was really the run game that took over. I know Stetson Bennett had uh, the really big pass uh, on the offsides, the free play that ignited uh, the Georgia Bulldogs and really just completely took the momentum away from Bama. But if you go back and you watch the film, really it was the O-line just bullying Bama's defensive line and opening up huge running lanes uh for James Cook and 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 Zeus White. So I think that was really the key to the last quarter of the ball game and down the stretch you could see Bama's players were getting tired and you could also tell that Georgia's defense was getting tired but in the end the defense that won the battle of of just wearing down and playing a long physical game uh, was the Georgia Bulldog defense. And they were still playing hard there at the end, even when the game was already over. They had a couple of sacks there on Bama's last drive just to seal the deal. To be honest with you, man, uh, that that call on the field, I was utterly shocked that it was even called a fumble on the field because. The Bama the the Bama player that recovered the fumble reacted as if it was an incomplete pass. The entire team, both teams, acted like it was an incomplete pass, and the refs come over and they discuss discuss it. The head ref comes over to the side judge. He discusses it with the side judge, and the side judge is like, it, "It's Bama ball. It's Bama ball." And I was like, "Are they really about to call this? Are they?" And then they called it a fumble on the field, and I was like. How in the world was that called a fumble on the field? Not just based on what the what we saw in the play, but the reaction – what we saw in the play, but the reaction of both teams and the fans. Like, everybody – like, you didn't hear – like, oh, you didn't even see the sideline going, oh, ball, 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 ball. Like, freaking out telling them to grab the ball. Like, nobody was doing that. Like, they were just chill. Like, they everybody thought it was an incomplete pass. And they call it fumble on the field – which really shocked me and then to go back and review it and uphold that when you can tell Stetson Bennett has the crown of the football in a firm grasp when he is at the 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 very back uh, part of uh, of his pull and then when the when the motion starts to come forward you see the ball he loses grip of the crown and it starts to come out and so that's my opinion of what I saw I know we're <laughs> we're LSU biased Bama lives rent-free in our headspace but um it to me it, it really looks like that was a blown call and from what I saw on Twitter it looked like everybody agreed with me except maybe Bama fans but what a huge win for Georgia what a huge win for Kirby Smart it's 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 a statement win I one of the things I want to mention, Reagan, is uh, and we can talk about this, we can argue this, discuss it, whatever you want to do with this. But we never asked this question. I don't think in our last podcast. But what would be better for LSU? Would it be? be- would it have been better if Bama wins? And yep, Bama just gets another national championship. It is what it is. Or is it better that Georgia wins? Which is which? Which is better for LSU in your opinion? Um this one's a tough one for me because I think you can go about it two ways. I think you can look at it and say, well, if Bama wins another another, cha- another national championship, you know, what's new? Like they've been doing that for years and um LSU has still been able to bring in the recruits that they have. Obviously, you've lost some here and there to Bama because Bama's Bama. And guess what? They're going to continue to be Bama even after this. And you don't want Georgia to win another national championship because they're going to take recruits away. Um you know, because they're going to get you know better and bigger, but then I think on the flip side of that, you can look at it and go, well, if Georgia wins the national championship, then you know they could potentially be taking recruits away from other schools, not just LSU, but other schools that would be getting those recruits. And if you really think about it, Georgia is not even in your division, like yes, they're in the SEC, but they're not in your division. Like, you don't play them every year. Who do you play every year? You play Bama. So, like, I think that's another side to it. I don't know which way I lean, but I think personally, I know I just made that statement, but I think personally I lean more towards I think it would have been just fine if Bama won another national championship. But I don't know. What do you think about
0: that? Okay, uh, I'm going to get to that. But I want to give my thoughts on the missed call. How in the world do you rule on the field that Bryce Young fumbled the ball? N'Kobe Dean took it to the house, and the defensive player made a play on his arm. He had a hand on his arm, and Bryce made about a half pass underneath the the grasp of the defender. N'Kobe picks it up and takes it to the house. How in the world do you go to the second half and the defender Christian Harris did not touch Stetson Bennett's arm? He didn't touch the ball. He didn't touch his arm. He was on his waist. The reason the ball came out was when he was throwing the ball, Christian Harris slung his waist and the ball came out and it went forward. The The absurdity of this call is mind-boggling. The the head ref in this national championship stood behind that play less than five yards and threw a beanbag, claiming it was a fumble on the play, reviewed it himself, and I think there's about a, a little bit of an egotistical trip going on with this head ref. He didn't want to embarrass himself and correct himself on this call. And said play stands. The absurdity of that call was mind-boggling. And all credit to Georgia for responding the way they did after that that turnover because that turnover dang near cost them the game. I mean, the momentum sure. swung, you give the ball to Bama in the red zone after they just went down and scored, and now you're giving it right back to them. They kicked a field goal. It was 12 points. You give them the ball right there. On that call. Absolutely absurd. That well, The fact that Bryce Young got his call back. So so I didn't see that. Good. It was unreal. I didn't see that because I was at
1: work. Did you, in your opinion, and I'll have to go back and watch this myself. I have not had the chance because obviously the game just ended not long ago. As we're recording this tonight and it'll release tomorrow. Um, did you think that the Bryce Young play was a fumble
0: or a forward pass? It was a forward pass. It was a forward pass. Okay. But so the fact that it was correctly called for Bryce Young when yes. a defender had the grasp of his arm, but it was not correctly called for Georgia when the defender was on his waist, that's what makes it more absurd. You get the call right for Bama, but in a crucial t- t- like game-changing moment in the second half, that was the first play of the game for Bryce Young. The first or second. That was not a crucial moment, and you got it right. But in a crucial moment, you botched the call like like I've never seen before. Zach, I I kid you not. The Saints, no call against the Rams is here. That that call right there is here. That was absurd. That was blatantly obvious. It was blatantly obvious. And I was quite irritated. Thank you to Georgia, though, for responding the way they did, snapping off and getting their mind in the right place after that missed call. Now, let me backtrack. Does this help LSU for Bama to win, for Georgia to win? I'm going to be honest, Zach. I don't care today. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care how this affects Georgia, the recruiting. Georgia's recruited in the top three, I think, the past, like, six seasons. And yeah, now they won a national championship. Like They're going to continue to recruit. The- George is going to continue to pull recruits away from schools regardless. I mean, they were doing it year in and year out, and that was kind of the complaint with with Kirby is you have elite players, the top-tier players in the country, and you're not winning. So today, I don't care. I I don't. I, I mean, I may analyze this a little bit more later on down the road, you know, have the Nick Saban, is he going to retire question. I'm pretty sure the answer would have been no, even if he had won one. I don't care. Bama lost today. And that's what I cared about. I wanted Georgia to get the monkey off their back, elephant off their back. I wanted them to beat Bama because I didn't want to see another Bama repeat. And I didn't want to see all year long next year, three-peat, three-peat, three-peat. So today, I don't care. Go dogs. That is my opinion on that. It may change later, but right now I'm high on the hog.
1: I think uh, a fairy or opinion that we can definitely uh, debuttle. Also, we talked about this right before we came on, is that SEC is an only Bama conference. Like The absurdity to to even let that come out of your mouth. 2019 LSU, 2020 Bama, 2021 Georgia, and guess what? Next year, it's probably going to be another SEC team. Just... Just a just a hunch. I would take my entire. Bryce Young's coming back. Yeah, I would take my <laughs> entire savings to the bank that it it's going to be another SEC team. So, like, why is this even an opinion at this point? Why? Why in the? world? It's because this is this is why. It's because you are butt hurt. If you have that opinion, it is because you are butt hurt. That you are not competing for national championships year in and year out, and you can't even get past your conference to get into the national championship. Like, to be honest with you, do you hear Clemson fans saying, oh, it's just Bama? Not really. Like, the the the, the teams and the coaches and players that – that no, I mean, obviously fans are going to be fans, but if you have any any kind of just common sense of college football, you know that the SEC is by far the best conference in college football and and that's not opinion. That's fact that not is even fact. close, and it's not even close. Go look at the NFL who's been recruited out of the SEC, go look at the national championships, go look at the bowls, go look at – you don't even have to – we can go outside of football. Let's go to the SEC in basketball. <laughs> let's go to the SEC in gymnastics. Like, what What do you want to do? <laughs> like, come on. Baseball. Let's, let's go to SEC in baseball. Like, this is common sense. This does not need to be an argument. It, it isn't an argument. This is fact. Um, And it's absolutely ludicrous for fans to even say <laughs> or have an opinion that they think that the SEC is only Bama uh, heavy and it, Georgia just further proved that tonight.
0: Okay. That, that, so that the people that idea is wrong. Majority, and I'm going to claim this. I'm going to claim this. Majority of the claims come from the Big Ten. Majority of those claims come from the Big Ten with Michigan and with Ohio State. The only two teams that are truly competing in that conference. Uh really? Is it really it's more like one. I'm talking about <laughs> I, I, I mean, mean I mean I mean in here, that but... conference. I mean in the conference, <laughs> not outside of the conference. I know. Uh, I'm conference. saying that too. <laughs> in the well, conference what is what really I'm just saying is, Ohio State. What I'm saying is is they complain about it and yada yada, but Ohio State gets in and loses. the only one they won was twenty fourteen and they they got in and get their tail kicked. It feels like all the time. Michigan finally breaks through Ohio State, comes right in and gets trounced by Georgia. trounced. trounced. And then Ohio State goes and plays Utah in the Rose Bowl and gets by by the skin of their chinny chin chin. Yep. And their quarterback got taken out of the game in the fourth quarter. And their backup quarterback drove down the field and dang, they played a game-winning drive against Ohio State. Don't make claims you can't back up. There's evidence on evidence on evidence on stats on stats we can lay out SEC against everybody. So, all that said, I'm glad that Bama has lost. I'm excited for the SEC to continue to certain its dominance, and I'm glad that Georgia has got the monkey off their back because I really think
1: – Elephant.
0: I re- <laughs> Elephant. I really think that if Kirby loses this, his job gets a little shaky, and Kirby's a dang good coach.
1: Uh,
0: uh, you really think his yes. job gets shaky? Yes. Georgia fans oh, are irritated. No. Zach. Zach. They have had elite recruiting class, elite recruiting class, elite recruiting, recruiting class, and have choked so many times. they only been to the playoffs two times. And they choked it once, and they finally got it tonight. It took them 41 years. And, I mean, you, you want to talk about SEC teams and the expectations? Look at Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen's a great coach. Dan Mullen shouldn't have been fired. Dan Mullen hadn't even had a full recruiting cycle at Florida. Like, but I but Dan Mullen thing. also
1: is not recruiting at the same clip that Georgia I, is. That, that the
0: Kirby Smart is. Can you not? Can you not say that Georgia's Georgia fans and the Georgia organization as a football program is going? Oh Lord, it's Mark Rick all over again. I mean, never wins a big game. So I, I'm I'm happy for Kirby Smart. That he really solidifies his job because i I, I promise you, Zach, there would be chirps there would absolutely be chirps about what well, security, security with him
1: supports my my opinion because he he won he won it tonight, so i think I think that was huge for him, and I, I agree I think, like you said, it was a huge monkey slash elephant off his back
0: so so real quick here, um with Georgia grabbing the national championship does Cortez Hankton come to be LSU's receiver coach?
1: It seems that way, even with the win. It feels like there is a deal in principle that has already happened with LSU and Cortez Hankton. No, I'm not saying that is hard fact. I'm not coming out and you know saying Tiger's Avenue Pod is saying that Cortez Hankton has a Dylan principal. That's just my opinion from what I've heard, from what I've uh, seen on Twitter and, and 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 the media. So it it feels that way. And if you look back to like the 2019 LSU team, whenever that happened, coaches didn't stay. Uh, coaches left because you get better opportunities because of the success that you are having at the school that just won the national championship, that happens. You're going to have turnover, right? And that's going to happen with this Georgia team. They already are. We know Dan Lanning is gone, right? Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Munkin, he's still there, right? He's staying. He's staying. He's staying, yeah. I didn't think he had had anything offered to him. You know, maybe, maybe not. Um, But, you know, that's going to happen. So if LSU has a deal in principle, and Georgia is not going to match it, then it, you know you can definitely predict that Cortez Hankton is going to be headed to Baton Rouge.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I like to live by the rule. We've heard heard so many times, you know don't don't count on it until the deal is done, 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 done. So I, I mean, a deal in principle with a natty now may change to hey. I'm gonna stick it out, but I, I gotta agree with you. I, I think this has been agree, agreed upon. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't be utterly shocked if it, if something fell through, but I, I think we pull him in. And I think he became he he's gonna be wide receiver coach, obviously, and will be named passing game coordinator as well. It is what I expect uh, him to be named. And I don't know if he has the title of passing game coordinator at Georgia or not, but. If you give a man a title that's a little bit higher than his other job, give him a little bit more money, he may come. So, anyways, let's move on from the national championship and let's get to the LSU basketball Tigers. Boot up, boot up, boot up, boot up, boot up, boot up. Man, what a week for the Tigers in basketball as, I mean, as a whole. Um us Women's and men's. Uh, LSU yes. men's. Gets a dub against Kentucky, the 18th ranked team in the country. Excuse me, 16th ranked team in the country. 65 to 60. Man, there was a major run in this game for the Tigers late to seal the deal. Uh, If I remember correctly, it was like a 20 to 4 run because in the in the beginning uh, it was a tight game. First half was a great half of just basketball. Uh, it, It was it was. It was a close game. People were hitting shots. Um, Defense was playing really well. And um, they closed out the half with the lead. Come out, and, man, Kentucky came out on fire. Uh, I don't know how many threes they hit, but it it felt like a lot. And uh, they grabbed a double-digit lead, and the Tigers went on a massive run. Like I said, if I remember correctly, it was a 20-4 run. And they closed the game out 65-60. Zach, give me your thoughts on 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 the Kentucky game. Who stood out the most in the Kentucky game?
1: The Kentucky game was was really close, really back and forth. It 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 got really crazy at the end, which was really awesome and 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 exciting, you know, for the PMAC and and for all the fans and the students that were there. But you know, and I think we'll talk about this with Tennessee. I think you just got to keep going back to Tari. I mean, Tari is just proving that he is one of the best players in the conference, not just LSU. I mean, he right now is the best player uh, at LSU, definitely. I, I don't know if I'd say by far, but he's definitely separated himself from the pack and and been very, very impressive and, and, and is proving to be one of the best players in the SEC. You can just, can tell that they rely heavily on him when it gets near the end of the ball game. He he finishes the game on the court. We know he's not a starter, and we've talked about that before. You know, me and you both I think agree that we love him coming off the bench. Like he's not a bench player; he's a starter. Let's 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 get that right. And and Will Wade made mention of that. I think uh, in, in one of his interviews uh, pre- or press conference, maybe it was after the Tennessee game. Like he's let's get it. Let's not get it twisted. He is a starter right he may be coming off the bench but he's playing you know 25 to 30 plus minutes and he is on the court at the most critical points in the ball game so he showed out he he, he was was really really good he he had 13 points in that game uh, he had six six rebounds i know this isn't a huge thing but justice williams was back in there he gave you you know 6 minutes off the bench i think we might see Sharif O'Neal maybe this 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 upcoming week, um, or I should say this week. Uh, they face uh, Florida on on Wednesday. So w- when we release this pod, it'll be Tuesday. Uh, so on Wednesday, they'll be playing Florida. You know, I want to, I hope to see Sharif coming out there. But as far as Kentucky goes, you know, I think I think they looked really good. I think Eric Gaines pretty played pretty solid. You know, he had two threes in that ball game. He, he he took two threes and he made two threes, which was huge for him because he has really really struggled from deep. So, I thought Eric had a good night. I want to say something real quick and this is more of a negative, so I hate I hate to go negative, but Efton Reed has been struggling lately. Uh he has struggled to stay out of foul trouble and that really has been the, the biggest thing for him it, it's kept him from being that big physical presence in the paint that that lsu needs i mean you got big guys like Milani, like darius but those guys are more perimeter players i mean Mawani, you see Milani's last couple games he's been hitting some shots on the outside of course darius stays that's his favorite shot is outside the perimeter but Reed is that big physical presence inside, and we haven't been able to have him because he's been in foul trouble so much during SEC play. So you really hope to see him uh, get out of that in this these two games coming up this week. Um, but uh, it was it was a great game. You always love to see uh, LSU beat Kentucky, and it was a packed PMAC, uh, great turnout, and uh, just great to see John Calipari go down.
0: Yeah, you love when. The old Cal Perry gets beat by the Tigers. Um, Efton's got to grow up, man. I mean, uh, this is the SEC. The bigs are a little bit different than what we played in non-conference. They're physical. They're long just like him. They're tall just like him. He's got some growing to do. And, I mean, in in, in all reality, that bodes well for LSU next year with Efton getting him back Um, because everybody was thinking he was a one-and-done and I I think he can grow a lot at LSU and become an elite player if he'll stick around a little bit. Um, Let's move here to the Tennessee game. Man, we talk about Tari playing well in the Kentucky game. Shoosh. Man, 24 points for Tari in the Tennessee game. I mean, put an exclamation point on the game with that head tap poster, baby. I, I, I think I've watched that highlight Sports center like top a 10. thousand times, bro. <laughs> Me too. I, I Me love too. It, every second of it. And the dude's like, did that go in? Oh, yeah, it went in, gosh. bro. It was so electric. And look, uh, the Tennessee team is a great defensive team. Like, they're not LSU yeah. good, but they're good. Like, really good. And our as much as our offense has struggled, holy cow, we've almost put up yes. eight points against Tennessee. Yes. Like, bro, we we were on it in this game offensively and defensively. As I said, Tari dropped 24. Dave put up 15. Brandon Murray put up 13. Dude, Brandon Murray is an X factor. Yes, he Having is. Having him in is so crucial for LSU. So yes, crucial. He, is. he hits shots. The dude defends – Just as good as anybody on the court. It's, he is uh, so crucial to this team. And man, I want to see the rematch for Auburn LSU. If we can have Brandon Murray in that game, pulled his hamstring in warmups. Man, I I mean, I want to see that again. Uh, Hopefully we will, maybe in SEC tournament or something like that. But he's, he has become uh, a, a baller here of late. Uh, something really important that, uh, we got to discuss here is, uh, X, he has played really well of late as well. I, I mean, his, his three point shooting has improved. He only takes shots when the shot is there. And a lot of times he hits the shot. Um, the biggest thing though, was his injury. He went down really awkward. It looked like the floor had some sweat or something on the ground. We want on a breakaway. He hit that, and he landed and tweaked really awkwardly. Um I mean, from first glance, like when it first happened, I was like, oh, my gosh, his ACL's done. And then you get to see a slow-mo, and it wasn't as bad as the original thought, right? And and you're like, okay, that wasn't terrible. And then he comes back on the bench so fast, it felt like, and he was crying. And you're like, Will Wade's, you know, hugging him and, and loving on him. You're like, oh, my gosh. Adam Miller, all over again. Like, dude, tore his ACL. Thankfully, 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 um, X just has an MCL sprain, bone bruise. Uh, Will Wade said he's day to day, and his return will be days to a week. And there's an outside chance of him returning for the Thank four goodness. games. Sitting. I, 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 I say sitting. Um, I, I know we, we want to, uh, but i i i got to i, I got to say sit him don't don't risk him really injuring it and then really hurting yourself like if if we lose this game because x is out I, I, for his safety for his health i'm okay with it um but if he's healthy if he's 100% if he's ready to roll let's roll baby man Darius Days was electric at the end of this game as well he yes. hit a few threes that just felt like man you're just drilling the nail in the coffin LSU got out to like a 20-point lead. They gave up a little bit near the end and made it closer than you probably wanted to, but in the end they pulled out and Eric Gaines hit four straight free throws to close the deal. Great game. I mean, great game. And we talk about the PMAC being packed, bro. There was like I think 13,000 people were there. I mean, it was was jumping. So I'm, I'm super pumped about these Tigers. Two top 20 wins in one week. Man, keep it rolling. Boot up. Zach, give me your thoughts on Tennessee, the Tennessee game.
1: Yeah, honestly, I think you hit on it just a little bit there. I'll hit on it a little bit more. I think, honestly, Darius Days was – I know Tara had the points. He had the stats. He had the double-double, of course. But I think Darius Days, honestly, was the X factor in this game most of his points I think at least six on this and I, I'm not you can fact check me on this but he seemed like he was on the offensive boards a lot he was I know for a fact he had at least four maybe six points off putbacks when he came crashing down from the perimeter got the rebound went back up and, and got a and got a boy and got a bucket so I think he played really well this game. I think he gave us something that we haven't seen in a while. You know, at the beginning of the season, he came out so strong and and was super impressive and scoring a ton of points. And we we were talking about him potentially being the SEC Player of the Year. And then that cooled off very quickly uh, as his outside shot wasn't there as much. And it seems like we he's finally found uh, that he's more than just a perimeter player. Right, Because we, we mentioned that he needs to be a physical presence inside of the arch. And he has done that here in these last few games in SEC play. He's crashed the boards and gotten you rebounds. And he has uh, gotten putbacks. And he's been just physically dominant and, 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 and banging around down in the paint. So uh, I think that's really impressive uh, from him. He, he honestly impressed me the most. Uh, in, in this past game, more so than Tari. Obviously, Tari, amazing, fantastic night. The dunk, as you said, I've watched it on replay, feels like 100 times. It was amazing. I'm glad I could. I got to watch that live. Thankfully, uh, even though I was at work, I was sneaking <laughs> glimpses of the game uh, during my break and when, when things were slow. So very impressive. Uh, Moani was two for three from the three-point line. I thought that was big. He had two shots in the corner. Obviously, uh, with X, that, that scares you a little bit. We mentioned Efton again. Efton obviously had another tough night at Tennessee, was in foul trouble again, didn't get any points. And that's why I started off basketball mentioning Sharif. I think if you get Sharif this week, that'll help you. And if he can come in the game, I think definitely now with X coming out, uh, potentially, that we might see Sharif even more so because you need somebody that can come in there and, and, and take fouls away from Efton, you know, that can that can help out in, in the foul trouble uh, that Efton has been having here recently in SEC play. And he's also got to come in and get you boards and, and get you putbacks like Darius has been doing. So uh, overall, man, this last... These last two games have been very impressive. You know, We we, we were worried a little bit on how they would look, and especially down this stretch. I think if you take a step back and say, hey, LSU's two and one, uh, out of those first three games, you take it 100%. Auburn was expected, even though I think if you have Brandon Murray there, the outcome could be different. But these last two games, very impressive. And and with us winning these last two games, uh, the AP poll boosted us to number 12 in the country, Um, so and they are also number 12 alongside of the girls. The girls are also number 12 in the country, which they, of course, had an awesome week. They completely just dominated and embarrassed Auburn on Sunday, and they had a very, very hard-fought, very close loss to the number one team in the nation, South Carolina, on Thursday and really looked like they were going to win that game for – three quarters of that game. Really impressive what Kim Mulkey has done and how fast she's turned things around uh, with this women's basketball program. So both women's and men's, very impressive. And I'm looking forward to this upcoming week against Florida and uh, with the ladies as well.
0: Okay, for the women's, real quick, Miss Dawn from, uh, from South Carolina can take that comment she made. Oh, my God. Get out of here with that. Get out of here with that. so dumb. Ten years Fargus had. Ten. Ten. She had no, no desire to build this program. No desire to bring publicity. She had no desire to pack the PMAC out. Don said, you stagnant. got this much support. You may be a little bit better. She may still be, be here. She had no effort in trying to pack the PMAC. All social media right now is packed the PMAC, bring the death dome back, all this stuff. Hey, it's a wide-out game for, for LSU. Come to the PMAC. Watch the women's. They're pushing it. And if you win games, it's you bring people. It's Kim Mulkey. It's one of the greatest coaches in all of women's college basketball. Yep. Get out of here with that. Uh, one more thing here. Uh, I, I want to talk, comment on him. Fudge, dude, bro. Will Wade was He's so spot athletic, on spot on. He said this dude can make plays nobody can make. That foreign that foreign guy who was who was like seven foot tall, got the ball and thought he had an easy layup. And Alex Fudge the comes block. from like the free through line and glassed oh my that gosh. Glassed it. Glassed it. I mean, one of the most impressive blocks I think I've ever okay, hold seen. hold on, hold on.
1: Ever. Quick pause, quick pause. I know, I cut you off, I'm sorry. Did you see John Morant's block last night?
0: Bro, got up.
1: <laughs> John Morant needs to be in the MVP conversation. It's crazy. That dude is so athletic. It is is impressive. I know we're LSU fans. Uh, I myself am a Grizzlies fan when it comes to NBA basketball. Uh, I know, I'm sorry, all of you New Orleans Pelicans fans. Again, as y'all know, we were born and raised near Memphis. So, big Grizzlies fan. But John Morant is amazing to see. And as was that Alex Fudge
0: block. Impressive. Uh, I was just so – I mean, I went crazy when he did that. It, that is a play very, very, very few people can make on a seven-footer. That was incredible. Um, and the Tigers are rolling. Let's keep it going. Boot up all day long. All day long. For all them folks that was doubting us preseason, putting us at six in the SEC, man, they proving it right now. You done messed up, A-Ron. Look, we'll holler at y'all later. Put a lid on this episode 14 of the Tigers Avenue podcast. Go follow us on Twitter at Tigers Avenue Pod. We'll catch you next time for episode 15. See ya.
1: Tiger!